Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. Everyone is just trying to survive. I think this is something you hear everywhere from every career and perspective right now in the world. Then there's Antonio Changoli and 18 East, a brand that, yes, is trying to survive, but right now is flourishing. Antonio, the creative director, is an old friend, and something I've loved about him is while he's a designer, he's also an evangelist. Over the years, I've watched him as the influencer's influencer seeding ideas to friends. The double monk, the camp mock, hell, the cargo pan. Because when Antonio gets into an idea, he gets into it. And that's something I truly love about him. Antonio and I chatted about his previous company, Eidos, and how the ups and downs of that business helped him launch and run 18 East, a brand that if you haven't been obsessed with, you're probably about to be. It's a masterclass in clothing designed by the preacher himself. Antonio Changoli is back, and he's on Blamo Extra. Yo, we did it. I'm so <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's taken such a long time, what? man. No, we don't apologize. This is fine. Uh, I'm, psyched. I'm psyched to be here. Yeah, how, in how my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, man. All things considered, uh, we're doing well. You know, it, it 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 could be it could be a lot a lot worse. It's a lot worse for a lot of other people. Uh, yeah, and so. Um, I don't have that much to complain about right now. I'm sitting in my basement, uh, which is where my home office is. And you know, when I worked at Eidos, I worked out of here a lot, and it hasn't been like that for a long time. But right. Um, but right now, I'm surrounded by stacks of clothes and boxes, and I've been, um, you know, thankfully we had photographed everything before things got really bad in America, and so uh, we're kind of locked and loaded for two months basically is I've got enough product in this house to get us through the end of May. Uh, and it's all been photographed. So, uh, wow. yeah. So the, like right, right as things were getting really shaky, I, I did two runs to New York and brought all of our upcoming stock, uh, from our studio in Chinatown to my house. And then I drove down to Philly and did, a photo shoot with with uh, the photographer we always shoot with his name Saeed Ferguson and um and it was Saeed uh myself and a model we all stayed six feet apart and uh and knocked out basically like the last round of on model stuff and the last round of flats and now we're just trying to let it rock and and thankfully it's uh thankfully it's been going okay so far it's uh better than okay it's 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 been going well and which is which is crazy because there are very very few people in this industry right now that can say that um yeah it's been it's been going good so yeah i mean well and and we're not you know i'm I'm not going to rip on any other industry things and obviously it's not what you're doing but there's i feel like in a weird way your business was designed for this 
uh, or at least how you, you've, you all have created it is that it was designed to be extremely nimble. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I mean, if, if we were more of a traditional, look, every, every person I know, you know, I have friends that have their own brands and, and people that work on other products. Everybody's mm-hmm. really, really hurting right now because most of those people run brands that are that operate on a, a slightly more traditional model where, you know, they they have some direct if they're lucky, they have some direct sales. But mm-hmm. a lot of them rely on wholesale accounts, to, you know, and sell to major department stores and specialty stores and things like that. And, you know, although everybody's everybody's hurting, all those all those stores are closed and. So, you know, in thinking towards the future, all these, all these retailers are coming back to brands and saying, we need a 30% discount or we need to cut our order by this and this and this. And, um, and, and that, I mean, it's a killer. It's, it's a killer for, for a lot of brands. And, um, and I get, look, everybody's just trying to survive. You know what I mean? Like that's not, I'm not in a lot of, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, well, they're, bad partners if they're doing it that way or whatever everybody yeah. just, everybody's just trying to survive and figure this out because nobody thinks about this when you write a you know when you write a, a when you put a, a, an annual budget together nobody thinks about a pandemic and like a three-month large shotgun hole in what's it called in the in the budget um and so it's really tough when you close all of that distribution down i think for me coming out of ados I, that model stressed me out to the point of a nervous breakdown, <laughs> almost like cl- cl- close, close. I don't actually don't want to belittle that because I didn't have one, but, um, but that model stretched me, it stressed me out so much because we were fairly widely distributed. We weren't deep in a lot of places, but there was a lot of product out there and there were two people on the team really. Right. And so like we did all of that hustle ourselves. Uh, which is great, you know. In a lot of ways, it's amazing. You know, we I, I had amazing experiences getting to know all of these, uh, you know, uh, like all of these store amazing stores. And um, but uh, but it just is really hard to do that. And and when it was time to kind of rethink doing something, I, I was I, it just it needs to be different. I can't I can't spend the vast majority of my time at Ados was spent thinking about how to convince a store to buy more product. That was how it was more successful, not how to convince the customer how to buy product or to to tell them why what we did was cool, right? It was in order for us to grow and maybe get some more help, I have to get this in this many more doors and I have to increase the buy by this there. And it just, it felt like, um, that was a raw, the, it felt like it was, um, and what's the word? just a not a, a not effective use of my time and skills and and so and and so when it was time to kind of rethink things when it was time to kind of rethink things i decided that it was all going to stay as close as i could see it at least for a long time like right like it, we were going to do we were going to sell stuff ourselves online and then in our own store but mentality behind the store was that it really wasn't a store it was an office and it was a fulfillment center and it was a place where when a customer came in i was on the floor every day right is that like this is not there's no like it's not the cool guy show like where like 
I'm there. The office is literally in the front of the space and Cameron and I and Phil and Leon and John, like we're sitting out front working on product, right? And then when orders ship, we're the ones that ship it. We don't do a fulfillment center, you know, and, uh, and so like a and, pick and pack and right. Like, like we're, yeah, do, yeah. we're doing all of that stuff. We were always doing all of that stuff ourselves. It's why, you know, we picked when we found the studio space, we picked a spot that was, you know, in the neighborhood that we thought was the right one, but on a quiet block where rent would be lower. And the reality was, you know, we, we, we did that because we, you know, we know, ne- we knew we were never going to get a ton of foot traffic in that space. And because of that, we could get some and people could come and check it out and come and meet us and ask us questions. But more than anything, like it was this multi multi-purpose space so that um, people could see things in real life, but it was never going to be this idea that we needed to do huge numbers to make huge rents. And thankfully that approach has allowed me to move the stock here and basically be unaffected by that. And that's, that's not, you know, there are very few people that can say that. So, so we're really, really lucky in that regard right now. Well, okay. Let's zoom way out here because <laughs> no, 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 no. This, this is extremely helpful, but I would say, cause I think a lot of listeners and other people who are obviously massive fans of you, um, not everyone really understands what what was the traditional way to like say like how was sure. Ados set up versus how eighteen East is and so I mean just I'll I'll say something very quickly in the sense that um, eighteen East is it feels like it it's from the brand direct to the customer not a direct to consumer brand because that's kind of like a weird connotation these days but how was Ados set up because you kept saying like I had to make the stores buy more like what what was that. So Ados is a traditional wholesale brand, like the vast majority of brands that we all know and love are, right? Uh, the The reality is if when most people are starting a brand, they don't have a ton of money. And so if you have a great idea for a brand, um, but you don't have a ton of money, you can put the money that you do have into a sample collection, right? And then take that sample collection and either, again, you can show it at a trade show You can show it out of a showroom, um, but stores will come and look at that and place an order. And then Mm -hmm. whatever they order is produced. And then, um, and yeah, whatever they order is produced. And then uh, that's sold to stores. Uh, And so there's on some level, the theory was that there's less risk, right? Because you're not investing in your own stock. Right. You're what's you're you're not investing your own stock. You're not you don't have to pay for your own inventory. Uh, You only produce what's getting sold. Right. Uh, and so right. that's, yeah, that's kind of the traditional model. But, you know, after working, after, after running a, a wholesale brand for five years, uh, there, there, I, I felt like there were some really, really clear and huge drawbacks to that model that, um, that just, I felt like it wasn't in today's day and age, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to do things that way. Cause there's, well, if, if you do things that way, there are a lot of sacrifices you have to make. Well, okay. So, what would be something and that you wish you knew while you were at Ados that you now know? Oh man, I, I in, ter- in terms that, of like how you structured the business, that's a hard question to ask because the, or answer because because you got to be a member of the Blam Fam to hear it. 
Join us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo to hear the rest of this episode and many more episodes of Blamo Extra. Also, you get to join us on Slack, and there's tons of other great benefits. So join us over there, and we'll see you soon.